Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. I am your host, Shana Recker, and today we have another amazing client spotlight, and I'm super excited to welcome Amber Henhawk to the Pursuit Podcast, and Amber has been a client of mine since the spring, I guess it was, maybe spring, early summer of this year, and I'm super excited to share her with you because uh, what she does and how she helps people, I know it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or not, there's most likely something that Amber could help you with. And so welcome, Amber to the Pursuit Podcast. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. And so let's just start with your story getting into your new business, because I know you've kind of had a few different sort of career shifts, and Mm -hmm. which I think is important to talk about, because I think sometimes people feel like, oh, but I went to school for this, and I should be this, and this is what I am, and I can't change kind of thing. Right. I think you and I both have had lots of career changes, and I think that's normal right? Yeah. 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 It used to be where you stuck at one job for 30 years, but you don't see that. You see many career changes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So tell us about how you got into this and sort of give us that background. Yeah, sure. So um, initially I started my career as a registered massage therapist um, back in 2002. And a few years of doing that full time, I realized that I could burn out quickly if I was going to keep doing that full time, I really wanted to, I was so gung ho to build my business and I was going to work like any hours I could. But once we started having a family, that just wasn't ideal anymore. So I got into teaching and curriculum development and I worked at two different colleges in London and developed curriculum for them both, as well as taught uh, full-time for a while and part-time as I had my third baby. So fast forward eight, 15 years. And then in 2018, um, my family has a business. Uh, my, my grandfather owns a factory in Ingersoll and he was looking for, um, a new office manager. And at the time life was just busy. I had three small children. I was leaving my house at 6am every day. Mm -hmm. Some days I was coming home at eight o'clock at night. It wasn't great for family life. This was going to give me full-time hours from home by four o'clock every Mm -hmm. day five minutes from the kids school, three minute commute. So it was a no brainer. I left all my career behind, took that role on, learned the role, took some accounting courses through Fanshawe. Then there was a role open up in the, in my grandfather's company for human resources. So I took some human resource. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You just keep adapting yourself, which is amazing. And I wanted to, wanted to step into that. But at the same time, um, part-time over the last, I don't know how many years until 2019, I was taking a degree in thanatology, which is grief and bereavement Mm -hmm. studies at university of Western and four years into working at the factory. It's great. I do like my job there. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I was given and the family time that it gave me back, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I really was missing curriculum design. I was really missing working one-on-one with clients. I was really, really missing teaching. And so I started looking at coaching as a way to kind of incorporate all of those Mm -hmm. things that I was missing and give myself back a part of the career that I loved. So I did a health and life certification uh, right after I finished my degree at Western. And Mm -hmm. then before starting anything, looked for you to help me kick off my business, figure out how to navigate it and how to start. So the, the course that you took at Western... Um, mm-hmm. Can you can you share that again? What was that again that you took? Yeah, so I did my um, bachelor's degree in thanatology. 
So it's grief and bereavement studies. Okay. And what my question is, what led you to that specifically? Because that's why I'm saying like what you do is very unique and it's not something like I had never heard of that word before. And yeah. So what brought you to that specifically? Oh, I was starting on health side, which I also really like. However, it's a lot of labs. Like if you Mm -hmm. have a small family, that's like, I'm 45 minutes from campus. So I got to leave an hour before class, Mm. three hour class, an hour home. Like it was too much. A lot of the fan courses I could do online. So I started looking at options to do my degree, but from home. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to stay at Western because I love their campus. And then when I was kind of making that switch, that all. Um, I experienced my first big loss, which was one of my grandmothers and like Mm. super blessed to have made it to the age that I did without having experienced loss. And then about, um, exactly one month after we lost my grandmother, my brother-in-law lost his partner. Um, and it was 10 days before their child's third birthday. So Mm. like it was just, and then while I was still involved in the course, um, another, like one of my daughter's friends, Uh, her mom lost a daughter and it just Mm. like, there was just like this snowball effect of like so many people were all of a sudden, or maybe I was just aware of it. Right. I was learning about it. And so then I was more aware of what was going on around me. And I was just like seeing all of these losses and, you know, usually you feel kind of stuck. Like, what do you say? What do you do? You retreat. But I was learning about ways that I could offer help. And it was just really, um, I don't know. It's just really intriguing to me. And it just really called mm-hmm. to me. And uh, so I then switched my whole major and did my whole undergrad in that. One of the biggest parts I liked about it too, was it explained grief from different aspects. So mm-hmm. not always like we just talked about three death incidents, incidents, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always have to be related to death. Like there's mm-hmm. lots of instances where you're going to feel grief and it has nothing to do with death. And people don't recognize those avenues of grief either. And so I really want to awareness to mm-hmm. other areas of grief and that like your grief process is still real, even if it's not related to a death. Mm-hmm. And what would be some examples of other areas of grief? So if somebody's listening, that is kind of like the light bulbs going off right now going, Oh, maybe this is, you know, why I'm yeah. feeling this way or whatever. Uh, can you share some different examples? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll give a personal example, a couple of personal examples, but um, a few years ago, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So um, a big medical diagnosis, that is a huge grief period, not only for the person who's been diagnosed, but the, also for all of the loved ones who, mm-hmm. or the people who love her, who are mm-hmm. trying to be there with her, but also deal with their own scared emotions about it. Um, and people don't take that as a grieving process, I don't think. And another big one I find is um, we are lucky to grow up or at this point of our lives, mental health is a big mm-hmm. topic on the table, right? Where yeah. maybe 40 years ago, it wasn't people suffered in silence. Yeah. But we don't talk about how the spouses of somebody suffering with mental health um how, what they're going through. And that is an ambiguous loss. So Mm -hmm. if you have a spouse who is suffering from anxiety or depression or some other crippling mental illness, they're not the same person psychologically as who Mm -hmm. you married or started dating or whatnot. So it changes the entire dynamic of your relationship. And that's a loss. That's a huge Mm -hmm. grieving period. And we're so focused on the person with the mental 
illness that we're not focusing on offering the support to the loved ones who are trying to adapt and live with and and not only mental illness like you know you have a psychological loss where someone's still physically present with Alzheimer's dementia that sort of stuff too um, Mm -hmm. as people get older same same thing yeah. And I think even loss of pets, like, I oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely get like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a process there. And like, um, sometimes even I actually have noticed this in my life where it's like, you become really close friends with somebody for a really, you know, for a period yeah. of your life, but then, you know, people kind of come and go and it's like, there's like a weird, sometimes there's this like weird space where the friendship kind of is done, but you know, and like, there is like a bit of a grieving process in yeah. that too, and right? Like even retirement or loss of a job, mm-hmm. yeah. divorce, a big move, all yeah. of those things that can be a grieving period after. And even much like we started this conversation, changing careers. Like if you've yeah. been known as this, you know, like I yeah. was known as a network marketer for 10 years. And when I decided to leave that, it was, there was a great, like, I mean, I wouldn't know it in that moment, but looking back, there was definitely a kind of a grieving process for all of the things that came with that business, you know, yeah, the change of identity. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And there's emotions and things that, you know, bubble up and you, you know, so, so then with that being said, what are some of the things that you do to help people through these things? Yeah, absolutely. So Um, right now, one of the main things that I do is a 12 week one-on-one coaching. So Mm -hmm. just, it's a little bit different than doing therapy because coaching is, um, there to support you, celebrate your wins, also offer some action steps to kind of move forward each week, but then also just be there to hold space for you, to hold space Mm -hmm. for you in that grieving period, validate that grieving period, um, and help you navigate those waters because, Some days can be really great and other days can be like crash and burn and you don't know when it's going to hit. So in the 12 week coaching program, I offer weekly hour sessions where we talk specifically about what's been going good, what's not been going good and try to make an action plan for moving forward and then um, support in between those calls where I kind of check up on you, make sure that you are doing the action steps, a little friendly nudge, push you outside of your comfort zone And, um, also just to be there for you, if you are having a bad day during that time, the other thing that I have going right now is a breathwork course. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if you're on your own and you get put in a stressful situation, it's really important to have good relaxation tips to reset your nervous system, help bring you back down from like a fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And we just don't want to, we don't want our body to get stuck there and it's easy to get stuck there when you're grieving and everything feels stressful and overwhelming. It's hard. It is hard. So in the breathwork course, I kind of talk about a little bit about the nervous system, um, why it's important to be able to bring yourself out of fight or flight. And then I offer a diaphragmatic breathing technique and then a couple of guided breathwork sessions that um, people can use as they're getting started with it. And then they can continually use, or they can do their own once they learn the technique. The breathwork stuff is crazy. Like I, um, just the, actually this was just last night, uh, was going to bed and was starting to feel some like weird anxiety coming on. And I remembered, uh, it was, I think it was called the square breath or something like that. There was a square breathwork thing that I had done in the past. And for some reason that popped in my head and I started doing it while I was just lying in bed and it, I could literally feel 
everything just dropping. And I just was like, by the time I was done doing it, like I did it for about, I don't know, maybe three or four minutes. Yeah. Um, I like, I just felt relaxed and it was gone. Like it was, it was incredible how like that, how, how well that works. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy how you can just reset your nervous system with just some deep breathing and it doesn't have to take so long. It doesn't have to take an hour and we need quick fixes where we get in a stressful situation and we can help bring ourselves back down. So you have tools and things like that, that you use with your clients to help them maneuver all of the emotions I would say that come through as they're going through this process. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Now let's talk a little bit about, um, and, and if you guys are listening to this right now and you're feeling like I need to connect with Amber, we're going to give you guys all the spaces and places where Amber is so that you can connect with her. And we'll do that here in a second, but, um, and it's also in the show notes, but before we move into that, I would love to hear about your journey into starting this business, because I know we had chatted a little bit about it before you actually jumped in and, and what was sort of some of the things that the fears and the hesitations that you had before actually saying, yes, okay, I want to, I, I really do want to do this. Can you share a little bit about that part of your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I quickly and easily jumped into the health and life coaching program that I took because I was working with a health coach and I thought, this is amazing. Like this is the missing piece that I'm missing from myself since giving up my old career. I jumped into Mm -hmm. that program. I paid for the program three weeks into the program. I was like, cut the brakes (laughs) on. I need to get my money back. I can't afford this. What did I just do? I emailed them. I'm like, "I, I think I made a mistake. They basically told me I was already in past the, yeah, whatever refund period. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it. So I kind of like dragged my feet a bit, didn't really start. And then it was kind of a self-paced program, but you had to log in and do these assessments and um, face-to-face or Zoom assessments. And finally I was like, okay, I paid for the course. I need to do the course. My fear finishing the course was changing my identity again. I was known Mm, for massage therapy and all of a sudden now I just want you to talk to me. And um, I also had a fee schedule but somebody could submit that to their benefits. And then I thought, who am I? I'm just going to charge people to work with me. I'm going to charge people to talk to me. And yeah. <laughs> like, is that credible? Oh, the ego. I don't know. <laughs> yes. the ego. My ego is definitely my way. I was scared to put myself out there on social media. What would people mm-hmm. think? And mm-hmm. also just didn't know how to go about it. What was the best way to start? Use my current social media. Do I have to start new? Like yeah. I just, so and, and yeah, so many questions. And when I started my massage therapy business, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Instagram, like I wasn't using any of those things. It was like, I was putting an ad in the paper. Nobody had to see my face. Right. I was like throwing pamphlets at all the doctors in town. Nobody had to see my face. So, um, it was like writing introduction letters and mailing them and not right. Not having a door. Absolutely. So things in mailboxes. Uh, so I finished my certification and then I thought like, this is, I at least have to do this long enough to make back my investment. Like what Yeah, I got to do, but I was like a deer in the headlights. I did not know where to start or what to do. So I was following you on Instagram and I started signing up for anything that you offered. If you had like a masterclass, I was signing up and taking all the notes. If you had um, an Instagram live, I was tuning in, taking all the notes and just like consuming 
consuming, consuming. There was a couple of others as well. Um, Lindsay, the copy coach, I was consuming anything that she would put out there uh, and listening to your podcast. That was a huge help. And finally, I just realized that I really needed to invest in, even though I had like invested in the course, I needed to invest in a business coach if I wanted to get off the ground. So it was, um, I think we talked back and forth a few times Yeah, and you had the quantum accelerator going, but I didn't feel like that was, I didn't feel like I was quite there yet. Yeah, And then you started offering the client attractor and I almost signed up, got cold feet and then realized (laughs) I'm, I'm never going to do this if I don't do it. So I just did it and I loved it. It was exactly what I needed. That's amazing. Well, and you'd mentioned a couple things. So one, the ego. So what, when, when you signed up for that life coaching program Mm -hmm. and then felt like the, Oh my God, what have I done? That's, and that's a normal, to me, that's a normal reaction. Anytime somebody signs up for something big like that, where it's like a life changing thing. And, um, and that's the ego basically being like, wait a minute, whoa, like, I don't, this is going to, this is going to change you. And we don't want that, you know? And so I think it's good that you shared that because people are going to feel that when they make a big investment like that, that is going to bring on a lot of change because Mm -hmm. our egos like to know they like predictability. They want to know what's next. And then all of a sudden you're like, boom, I'm going to change careers and go do this thing. Right. Um, and so I think that that is normal, but I'm glad that you stuck with it, obviously, because it was meant, it was meant for you. Right. And, and it's obviously it's led you to where you are right now. So I do think things happen for a reason. Um, so I love that. And, when, when you were saying that you were signing up for all the free stuff, I really want to make sure that this is also, uh, a, a point that gets, you know, out there is that the free stuff and tell me if you would agree, the mm-hmm. free stuff only gets you so far. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then also like the tiny nuggets. So yeah. you, then you would have like something that was like $50 or something that yeah. was a hundred. And I was like, and every time I finished watching the free one or the paid one, if it was a masterclass was like, okay, that was great. And it really kind of actually showed me what I could get out of working with you. But yeah, it wasn't enough to like feel confident and just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why as coaches, we, we need to do these things because we want to show people, you know, how we coach and what we do and and give value and give them some tips to kind of move the needle for you. But yeah, if you really want to, if you really want to make the change or you really want to do the thing, you've got to put your whole self in. And that's where something like the client attractor is going to be like, okay, now you're in, let's actually really do this. Let's actually build this out. Um, what would you say was, you know, you kind of already alluded to this, but you had said, you know, prior to social media, you were just sort of handing out flyers and stuff. How did you, how did you manage or maneuver the social media now? Cause now you are out there, you're doing reels, you're doing lives, you're doing <laughs> posts, you're doing it all. And I love seeing it. So how, how, what was that process like for you? Cause I do believe that is something that really does hold people back Absolutely. from really going for something like this, because the social, it's like, it's like fear of judgment at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. So how did you like push yourself through that? Well, I think that you encouraged me to start a new social media to go Mm -hmm. along with the coaching business, um, which I think was a good decision because the other one is littered with just my family pictures, pictures of the kids, like everything else. And this one is very focused. So if somebody comes looking for um, my page, they're going to understand kind of 
the things that I talk about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So starting that new social media page with the, with the push from you to do a new one was great, but then I was still scared to post. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> we were on vacation the kids and I were on vacation and I was trying to consume as much as the client attractor program as I could every single day. And within that, you were always encouraging us to take messy action because messy action was better than no action. And you actually gave us the garbage post challenge and the garbage post challenge. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to jump in here. And even though you feel so awkward in the beginning, it really does make you more comfortable. You care less about what people are going to think. And that's a thing. Like if I want to help other people, I can't be worried about what people think of me while I'm trying to put out my content. And if people don't like it, they'll unfollow me and I'm not going to, you know, I have to choose to not let my ego absorb Uh that. Yeah. Yeah. Social. That's the thing with social media. It's like, we just have to get past the fact that we're not going to please everybody. We have to be okay with right. that. And we're, and we're not going to, not everybody's always going to agree with us. And that's also okay. And that, you know, this is the one reminder that I like to give my clients is that it's your social media channel. So if somebody is saying something or putting, you know, I had one of my clients had this woman was like commenting all these negative things and trying to like have this argument with her on her social media post. And I was just like, blocker, like get her out of there. Like it's your social media account. You don't have to deal with anything that doesn't like, you know, like, so you get to have that control. And, um, but at the same time, if you think about all the people, like you're, you're, you showing up is actually serving more people than it's going to attract the, you know, than these people who are going to complain or say that this is wrong or whatever, right? Like that. So, um, you know, the fact that it's, it's going to benefit more than it's actually, you're actually going to have to deal with that stuff. But in our mind, we're like, oh my God, it's going to be more of this. Like everybody's going to hate this or people are going to say something or, you know, they're going to judge me for it. And, and that's really not what's actually happening. For sure. I think the other thing too, is like, starting that social media, but not knowing who I was talking to or what I was going to say. So within the client attractor, you really had me like narrow that down, Uh figure out who I'm trying to serve. And then that made it easier to talk to people as well. Yeah. Or when you to, know. Talk, to talk to whoever's watching. Well, and I actually think that it, you like in my mind, I'm always because I always say that oftentimes your your best client or your ideal client is a former version of you. Mm-hmm. So I'm often thinking of myself when I'm coming up with content because I am speaking to who I was back right. when like, I what did started. you need to hear? Yeah. yeah. What was I afraid of? What did I believe to be true? That was actually not real. Like what, what were all of those things? And then I can create content that's going to speak to someone like that. Now, now that I've worked with, you know, clients over the years, sometimes I think about Amber and I think, what does Amber need to hear today? Or I see something, or you ask a question in the class in our, in our coaching calls. And then that helps me, you know, create content. So as you start right. to work with more and more clients, you're going to, it's like creating content for your social media is going to become super easy because you've got all these references to kind of pull from, um, clients yourself, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So it ends up becoming easier, but you do have to start somewhere. Like you do have to take that messy action. Like if you, you, you could overthink it to death and never actually end up getting anywhere. Right. So, yeah. 
I would much rather see you. And and just so you guys know, the garbage post challenge is not mine. It is by Simone Soul, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well, um, because uh, it, she created it, not me, and it's amazing. And I shared it with you guys because I think it's it's super powerful and it's really great for new coaches to kind of get their feet wet into uh, the social media space. So yeah, it was. Yeah, really good. And how about your programs? So how did you, you know, cause I know a lot of times people get tripped up with, I want to be an online coach. I want to, you know, help people, but I really don't know how to take what I know and put it into a program. So what was that process like for you? Mm. I think for me, like knowing that I needed to start one-on-one coaching was pretty mm-hmm. easy because everyone's journey and what they're grieving or what their situation is going to be a little bit different. And I think it just felt more personal to start one-on-one with things that can feel very sensitive. Um, So I wanted to kind of create a program where we celebrate that there are some things going well, because sometimes our ego doesn't let us remember those things. And it's easy to focus on what's not going good when we're in a spiral of grief. So I wanted to create a program where at the beginning of each week, we're really going to focus on, but what, what was going good for you? What was a win? Um, Mm -hmm. And remind them. And if they can't think of one, even while they're talking, like you can usually always hear something that you can pull out and reframe as a win. Um, And then each session, I wanted to focus on something to get them dive to dive a little bit deeper into creating more calm and ease within Mm -hmm. their life. um, So that it makes each day easier to navigate. Not to say there's not going to still be hard days. Um, but just to give them different tools each week to build upon, uh, to create that common ease. Mm, nice. And so developing that program was just you taking things that you learned from school, things that you've learned right. personally, tools that you've learned and, uh, outlining it, you know, into, you know, I always say outline it into a rough idea of what you want to coach somebody through, but you obviously, you know, clients are going to bring things to the table that might shift and, and turn things. Around. Right. Absolutely. Can't be rigid in what's yeah. going to happen week to week. No, but you have a general idea of what you want to kind of work through. And, and, you know, I, I always say, focus on what is the end result? Like when they're done mm-hmm. with you, how, how do they want to, how do you want them to feel? What is the result that they want to achieve by, you know, working with you? And do you have, you know, those steps covered, you know, do you, are those steps somewhere in your program that, that you've given them the tools that they need to be able to create that result? And, um, but then also knowing that there's going to be some, other things that may come There's up. going to be some bumps <laughs> along the way. Exactly. <laughs> which, which is totally cool. And that's, that's, yeah. and this is why it's like, we, you know, within the client attractor, it's like, I want you to find your first paying client because I know it's that first paying client that's going to help you figure out, you know, cause you think, you know, and, but until you actually work with somebody, there's things that you don't know yet that they need to know or that you need to help them through. But until you move somebody through your program, then it's like you get so much feedback from that first client and it really helps to sort of shape things for you. So it's why I'm so passionate about making sure that when you guys are in this program that you find that first client, because I know how valuable that is for your experience and for your clients and, you know, for getting that feedback from your clients too. And, and just to kind of uh, quantum leap sort of that, 
that, that, um, that program and that business that you're creating. So, uh, it's, it's super valuable, uh, for that. So, and so how have you been finding, um, you know, since starting your business and, and putting yourself out there, what has been some of the best things that have happened through this process and what have been some of the maybe more challenging things that you've experienced? Uh, some of the best things are just like putting myself out there for my first live video on Instagram and then feeling like so scared and so worried about it. And is anyone even going to watch it or what are people going to think about what I'm saying? Or do they think I'm qualified to say this? And then getting comments back, like, okay, that was me. Okay. A hundred percent hit the nail on the head. Like that's how I've been feeling lately or, okay, this is me. You just outline me, but how, what do I do next? Like yeah, this was just so helpful. Yeah. Like knowing that your content is helping people, you know, yeah. they might not be signing up for your program right away, but you know that you're, that's not what you're there for. You're there to kind of help them and mm-hmm. give them some tools. And, um, so that has been the the best part, yeah. just getting like getting little messages and stuff. And, and actually I was at a wedding at the end of August and, um, somebody, another wedding guest approached me and said, you know, I've been following you on your uh-huh. Instagram and I just love what you're doing. And like, thank you. I love every message that you're putting out there. That was like, I was like on cloud nine for days <laughs> after that. I'm so glad that you shared that because it's so important for people to hear that you're going to be putting yourself out there. And for some time, it might feel like it's crickets. Like it might feel like yeah. nobody's watching and nobody's responding. And you're like, in your mind, you want to say, well, why am I doing this? Like nobody's even there. Like, yeah, but people are watching. Like they might not be engaging, but they're watching and they're being supported by your content and you just have to give it enough time. Like I can't stress that enough when you're a new coach and you're starting all of these things, you have to give it enough time because it takes time for people to warm up to you being who you are and doing these, this new thing. And then takes time for them to engage and actually send a comment or send a message or come up to you at the, you know, wedding or whatever and say like you, what you've been doing is really impacting me, you know, thank you kind yeah. of thing. So I'm glad that you said that. Oh, thank you. And the challenging, um, oh, there's a lot of challenging parts, like yeah. definitely, um, finding time, right? Yeah. Like I am still working full time in my, you know, nine to five or Mm-hmm. three to four, but, yeah. uh, and then I have three small kids. They are each in sports. I have a husband and we've got a new puppy like this, mm-hmm. finding the time. But if it's something that you really want and you really want to do, um, definitely that is something you're going to prioritize or find little pockets for. I often mm-hmm. will work on my social media or different things during my lunch breaks. Um, I try mm-hmm. to consume, I try to be productive in any little spot that I have, but sometimes it's not enough. Or sometimes my lunch break doesn't go as planned. Um, another challenging, honestly, for me, it was challenging to come up with like branding. So like making a logo, um, figuring out like how to do my website and that sort of thing. And then you started offering the identity course and that, um, has really helped me tackle that challenge as well. Yeah, I'm really excited about all the things you guys are creating in that identity course. It's it's proven to me this is the first time we've run it. And my mission was just so that you guys could get the tools you needed to be able to do that yourself. And you're blowing it out of the water. I love seeing what you guys are creating. And it's so it's so awesome. So I'm super excited about offering that again in the future. But um, I love it. And so 
Where can people find you and find all these juicy lives you're doing and all of this stuff? Where can people connect with you if they are feeling this tug to reach out? Maybe they're going through something and they they need that extra support. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is amber.henhawk. And so you can find me there. I'm posting a lot of some reels, trying to do some stories every day, some live Mm -hmm. videos that hopefully are beneficial. And then I have also launched my website, which is (laughs) amberhenhawk.com. I love that. And on there, you can find out about Amber's programs. And if you want to connect with her and all of that awesome stuff. Um, That's amazing, Amber. Well, you know what, we've only been really, like I said, together since the what late spring, early summer, Mm -hmm. and you've already done so much which is uh, incredible considering you're doing it with a full-time job, three kids, a husband, a dog, all of those things. That just shows that it can be done, right? So if you are somebody who's sitting here right now going, I really want to start the business, but I don't have the time because of this and this and this, you know, those are just excuses, plain and simple, right? Because absolutely proof that it can be done. And I think it's, it's when that is, when that desire is inside of you, it, it pulls you like, it's not mm-hmm. a matter of saying, Oh, I'm going to do it. Or I'm not going to do it. You almost don't have a choice. It's like, it's like pulling at you and you think about it so much that it's like, if you don't take action on it, it's actually more painful. And so, um, I can see that in you, you're, you're doing the things you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, I'm super duper proud of everything that you're doing. You are like a star stellar student. It's like, <laughs> thank she you. Follow, yes. It's like, it's like Amber's just doing it all. And I love it. Um, and you're, and it's, it's working and it's coming together and I'm super proud and excited for you. So if you guys are listening to this, please go check out Amber. She is doing some pretty amazing things and she's helping a lot of people. And, um, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more proud. So thank you, Amber, for being here and sharing your story. And, um, it's been so fun to work with you and, um, just, I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you. I appreciate, uh, you taking the time to interview me today. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Everyone we will see you in the next episode.